I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is Cam and Casey across the country. <laughs> Casey Bomb. All right. How you, how you doing? It's been a it's been a long day. It's been a rough day, but I'm excited to to amp that up with some some happy songs. Yes, sir. Um, I've been all day today. I've been listening to like old Logic projects to uh to kind of get myself ready for hopefully a good album. Yeah, today's a big day. Today's, today's a, big a very day. big music day. It's funny that we'll put this out after after the consensus of all of these. So we could like say <laughs> right. what we're ex- we could say what we're excited for, and then next episode we can like talk about it. So what what are yeah, you excited yeah, what for you... on New Music Friday? Okay, I am. Hmm, I want to be optimistic about the new Logic project, right? But, um, I I have no expectations. I had no expectations <laughs> for um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and it still somehow disappointed me. Oh my god! So that was bad, at this bad. point, I'm just bracing myself for the worst. I think yep. it's going to be garbage. Understand. The last time Logic dropped an album at the same time as another big drop, it was Young Sinatra 4 when Lil Wayne dropped the Carter 5. Fair. And as much as I have a soft spot for Young Sinatra 4, it was blown out of the water. Like the Carter 5 is such a better project. Right. Now, you know, about a year and a half later, I guess. Yeah, a year and a half later. Um, he's doing it again, but this time with <laughs> Kanye West, not just Lil Wayne. Um no shades of Lil Wayne, but Kanye West is about to blow this man out of the park. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not optimistic for Kanye either. Really? There hasn't. I I can't say honestly that there's been like a bad Kanye project, but given all the like recent musings and the fact that it's like a similar tone to Jesus is King, and usually he only does one album with like the same vibe, except unless you're like early like graduation era. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good. I think this might be one of the first like flops. That's my prediction. Interesting. It's a bold take. I hope to eat my words because I like Kanye as an artist, but just given everything like context contextually surrounding everything and like right, yeah, the the route that his projects have been going for a couple years anyway. My my bold prediction is that it's not going to be very good. I feel I feel for Kanye right now because he he doesn't seem to be in the best place. He it, it it appears from the outside that he's kind of going through it right now. He's in a bit of a rough patch. Dude, I feel bad. I feel really and I bad I do him. hope that this project kind of helps. You know, I I hope that this project goes well, so that if for nothing else, it's something good for him. You know, like he has something good in his life going on. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. But I feel like even the lesser Kanye projects are still good like there's a certain level when you talk about a Kanye project I feel like at this point with the experience that he has and the talent he's always had that any project is going to be like at least a six I would say like oh, even yeah. Jesus King I didn't love but how can you Jesus not King enjoy like, the production yeah the the production <laughs> <That's> the <part. laughs> I don't know no I don't think I don't I don't think there's a bad Kanye project across the board. I think there are like, because if you ask any rap fan or Kanye fan what their favorite album is from Kanye, like everyone's gonna have a different response, which is like pretty, mm-hmm. pretty unique for most artists. I just am not for whatever reason just the vibe around everything, even 
Jesus is King even had a more intro, like a more optimistic vibe. I don't know before everything came out. So I'm just not optimistic. Right, yeah. I'm not like, there's no precedent for there being a bad album, but I'm just pretty worried about this one. Well, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe I, I can't even say it. I was going to say maybe logic will give Kanye a run for his money, but there's no chance that ever happens. I don't know. As the worst Kanye project will still be miles better than a mediocre logic project. Bro, re-listening to um, Incredible True Story and Under Pressure, though, if he had, like, that tone, I don't know. Under Pressure. It is it is technically Under Pressure, too. I don't know. I'm worried, but I'm hopeful. I think he's he's changed too much. I mean, as a person, I don't hate Logic, but I think who he was when he made, like, Under Pressure and he was just starting out, he's grown a lot since then. And I think in that growth there's been a massive tonal shift in his music, which some people adore. I mean, obviously he has a very large fan base, but I think, I don't, I doubt the possibility of him going back to how he used to be with Under Pressure, the first Under Pressure and Incredible True Story, even though this is supposed to be a sequel. Are you sure about that? I just, I can't imagine it's really going to be all that different than Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. But yeah. we can hope. We can, we'll see tonight. You know, hopefully. Are you, are you, gonna, you wanna watch the live stream? I kinda wanna do it with us all on Discord. Bro, I'm down to. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Um, my other bold opinion, maybe it's not that bold, but my bold opinion for the night is uh, Taylor Swift is gonna have the best drop of, of the night. Dude, I forgot about T Swift. Dude, I mean, oh, it just got announced Taylor. today. I think, honestly, Taylor. the fact that it's called folklore and it's like, looks like kind of like, isolation woods vibes which is sort of like her <laughs> old country aesthetic plus pop i don't know i think it could be really good because she's just such a strong songwriter is this the revenge of taylor swift if it was only announced today did she wait until kanye would announce his <laughs> album and then come up with a bomb ass both of these of are own? surprise drops so is logic actually all three of these are surprise drops they were they've all been announced within the past week this could turn out to be either the best Friday of the summer in terms of music or one of the worst, one of the most well, disappointing. <laughs> that happened last summer when who all three people dropped. It was like Rich Brian, YBN Corday, and somebody else. Oh, was it, Chance. Um, it was Chance, right? Yeah, yeah. And I honestly was like kind of disappointed in all of them except for Corday. Like I like Rich Brian's album. It's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's gonna be like that, where it's gonna be like two disappointing projects and one really good one. And I think T Swift is gonna be the good one. If you had the power, which of those three would you want to be like a baller album? Uh, probably Logic. Kanye has had enough great projects he can do with a flop. Taylor Swift also has had enough, or has had like very good projects. So even though I want hers to be really good, and I think it will be, I don't need it to be. Because um, also her album Lover came out what like a year ago, less than a year ago, not very long ago. Yeah. Um, and I would love if Logic ended on a high note. So I would have to go. Yeah, Logic I would be my my hope. Do you have a do you have a hope, a preference, or a prediction? I would love it if Logic came out swinging and yeah. like kind of ended his career, quote unquote, on a high note. Yeah. I just don't have high hopes for that happening. <laughs> so I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree that I would probably try and save his project because Kanye already has, like, this project is not going to change much regarding his reputation. It could be no. 
really his reputation is already really kind of good blown. and yeah. he's already established himself as kanye west like it's not going to change anything yeah and it's pretty much the same with taylor swift as well like they're both they're not their careers aren't writing on this project not at all quite the same as logics like logic yeah, that's a good like, point. this is very much so you know if he creates a really good album then after his retirement we can look back and say he was pretty good you know right. he had you know at least three stellar projects but if it's bad then everything he's made in the past like three years has just kind of like ruined everything he had made in his first yeah like seven years like the validity and the quality of incredible true story and under pressure have just been outwashed by projects like confessions of a dangerous mind everybody what was it called supermarket, supermarket. i didn't even listen yeah. to that everybody's not awful it's like i would give it probably like a 60 70 percent being a logic fan i was thinking like if someone were to ask me, like, post this album, this next album, if I was a Logic fan, if this album is bad, I would be, like, everything before everybody, including everybody mm-hmm. to an extent. And then everything post Bobby Tarantino 2 is bad. And then if this album is good, I would be like, yeah, I'm a pretty big Logic fan. There are some weak points in the middle, but overall, I think he's pretty good. So there's a lot riding on reputation for him. There really is. Especially going forward, because he's, you know, he's talking about retiring. But if you have a good final project, there's going to be a lot more interest in features and other productions. You know, even if he's not making his own albums anymore, Uh um, if he can end on a high note, there's a good chance he can kind of stay around in the music industry. But if this is a flop, like there's little to no chance people are going to be like, oh, yeah, let's get logic on this project. Yeah. You know, because he has yet to prove in the last three four years like you said post bobby tarantino too that he still has what he used to so i hope for the best do you have any predictions uh for features to get on record right now russ big russ Russ. (laughs) i would hate it and i would never listen to it but it just it fits logic's meta way too well and i feel like it's just a matter of time before it happens so i would not be surprised and in fact Somewhat expecting Russ to be on this project. <laughs> what about you? Dude, I really hope Russ isn't on it. My guess, part of me feels like, given the aesthetic and like DMV, I kind of hope, and I'm somewhat predicting Rico Nasty might be on this project. Ooh, that'd be really fun. And then he always has some corny rapper, so like MGK or something, like corny white rapper, or like a goofy rapper like Waka Flocka. Or you just call Waka Flocka a goofy rapper? He's a little, he's a little goofy. That man will straight. Oh, he'll kill, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put it out there: if you're listening, Waka Flocka, we have no beef. Mr. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Waka Flocka, I have no beef. We don't, we don't want. We don't want based any of that. on public persona. Maybe like Lil B. I'll go with that as like a goofy rapper. Yeah. And then he always tends to have, or not always, but he tends to have like some like classic rapper because he did like Eminem, he did Wu Tang. I feel like he's had somebody else on there. So I don't know. It'd be cool if he had somebody like... Uh, oh, he had Black Thought that one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is DMX still doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there'd be some cool some cool people in there. I'm not making any like sincere predictions because I don't want to be like caught lacking. But right. uh, those are my those are my kind of hopes and like those that tends to be the vibe that he goes for with that those types of features. Okay, what's today's Bro. theme, Cameron? Bro. Okay, today we're no talking about now. no segues. No segues. Welcome to horrible segues. Welcome to no segues. 
um today we're we're talking about true love oh my we, god we had a bit of a downer for the last couple episodes but this is like a pick me up i i call it true love but more so in like the giddy sense of like you know without all the sadness we've been a little bit in the pits recently we're trying to get out of that so today we're just talking about the happy side of fantastic love. very excited and to kick things off it's a miracle we haven't had her on the show yet Oh, we were talking ooh. about her earlier. Oh, she true. Drops an album tonight called. I know. Exactly. I'm already looking up the song. I know what it is. <laughs> I hope it's good. In fact, no, scratch that. I know it's gonna be good. But that being said, I don't know if it'll be, ever be able to live up to the hype of the best song she's ever created, "Love Story." Thank God. All right, let's do it. Why'd you Absolute pick this song? Fire. Why'd you pick this song? I couldn't not pick that song. You know, when we're talking about like happy love songs, I think this is the first love song I remember knowing about. Because this was huge when we were in lower school. Like this song popped off. In fact, my lower school had a talent show, whatever year the song came out. And um, like there were 10 different renditions of this song. Like there were maybe 12 total acts in this little lower school talent show and 10 of them were just reenactments <laughs> of this song so it was huge in our school but i remember i it was like a guilty pleasure back then because like as a third grader it's not like cool to like taylor swift but i was like bro this song kind of slaps you know <laughs> so I it was see, like yeah it was one of the first songs that i had like almost memorized every word to partially awesome. because it was just on the radio so much that like there was no way i didn't learn most of it but it was also the only song i think i've gone out of my way to like try and memorize because i loved it oh um, nice how did you go about memorizing songs what was your process so back in the day because this has changed a lot so back in the day i just had to pray to god every time it turned on the radio that i would like be able to listen to it really closely uh-huh. and really pay attention to the segments i hadn't memorized yet and like you know try and try and get myself ready for it because I couldn't just like go on the computer back then. You know, my parents were like, you don't use the computer for certain things. Like if it's school related or like for, you know, half an hour or something to play games. So I was like, I'm not going to look up. I can't look up lyrics on the computer. So I just had to listen really closely to the radio and try my hardest to, to get it like section by section. And eventually it worked out. I think it took like six months maybe of listening, <laughs> but I think I got it. <laughs> In to this day, I still have it almost entirely memorized. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever write it down? No, never. Oh, man. Never. I was that like, was that's, my go-to. That's too, much, too much of a risk of people finding out. I was like, this has to be, this, this is all in my head. Bro, I remember one time, <laughs> this is a little bit different because it was TV technically, but when we first got like a DVR where you could like record it and pause it and stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was just like, I think I just paused it. I don't think I recorded it, but um, I was really into Pokemon, the show. And oh, hell yeah. then there was like the new, you know how they change the theme song like every season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the one, I think it was Battle Dimensions. It was the one with the Dawn with Piplup. And I liked the sound, like the, the theme song so much. I thought it was so fire that I like sat down in front of the TV, would pause it after every line and write it down <laughs> so I could remember it. That's awesome. Like in my room to sing to myself. I remember... It must have been later. Maybe I was in fifth grade at this point. I I had like 
because my parents were like big into like the parental controls and stuff so i couldn't just get on the computer i'd like ask them like get a password and stuff mm-hmm. and so i was like listen i need to use the computer and my dad was like why though and i was like listen there's this song it's a banger i was like i want to i need to know the lyrics because i'm curious and it took some persuasion but my dad was skeptical at best so he was like all right you know what we'll let it happen but uh i want to see the lyrics of the song you look up uh-huh you know just to make sure it's like pg oh, no. or something i guess and i was like that's fine i'm like yeah this is it's they're playing it on the radio so like it's whatever like there's no way it's that bad of a song i was not concerned so i go to the computer i look up the lyrics i'm like jamming for like 10 to 15 minutes i'm like oh this is sick i can sing the lyrics along and so i like print out the lyrics i'm like all right dad you know here you go you know see nothing no biggie nothing's wrong and I hand my dad the lyrics to Pumped Up Kicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That was not what I was expecting. It led to uh, an hour, maybe two hour long conversation about oh, what the song was about. God. <laughs> Whoa. I, had no, I, I had no idea. I was just like, this is a cool song. It's crazy the things that like are technically allowed to be played on the radio. Oh, yeah. I think we talked about this early on that like the the tone and topic of a song has little to do with its like what's it called like it's the way it's allowed to be played on the radio it's yeah. only like very crude like certain words aren't allowed but like that song was played all the time when we were younger without yeah. any hesitation i think it's funny that you mention um printing out lyrics because did you ever go to like i think it was like a to z lyrics and it was like a purple background do you know I that one? So. Early on, I think I used that one. I, I used Genius for the most It was part, like pre-Genius. Because it was I like guess, you couldn't. Yeah, I think I remember that. In like low... I used YouTube a lot. And then I would okay. like have to like print out. I don't remember how I did it. Because the only thing I knew of was YouTube. So maybe I just printed out a YouTube video. I don't remember what I was doing. I don't think I ever did familiar. YouTube for music. I really don't think I ever did that because we, my dad, my parents had like an iPod that I would listen to. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I discovered YouTube until probably like, till I was probably like 10, mm-hmm. maybe a little earlier, but mostly, yeah, like around there. Yeah, man, that was a <laughs> love story by Taylor Swift was the first song I'd like that is really a listen to and damn try to memorize. good start. Big so, up Taylor Swift. I hope this <laughs> album goes well. Dude, folklore. We're predicting it now. It's gonna be a huge banging success. But yeah, that's my song. That's my first song. Casey, how about you? Well, my first my first song is a theme that I kind of wanted to talk about. So depending on how long we talk about it, this might just be my only choices. Perfect. Because it's two songs in one that I thought like but I I wanted to share them both at the same time because if I like divvied it up back to back, you the juxtaposition I don't think would would catch as much. But it's two sort of like upbeat songs that have almost opposite messages but i think work really well together so the first one is called loving is easy by rex orange county All right, so that's Loving is Easy by Rex Orange County. And now to contradict that is Love is Not Easy by Chase Atlantic. Uh, 
All right. So those are my two songs. Both are pretty upbeat and overall pretty happy, even though the second one is called Love Is Not Easy. Because it's also, it's technically called Love Is Easy and the parent, and the, and not is in parentheses. But I picked them because I think the sentiment of the first one is that if you like really fall in love with somebody, it's really easy. Like it's easy to fall in love with somebody. It's easy to be with them. That's it. The second song you can kind of interpret the lyrics a couple different ways, I think. But the way that I interpret it is that, like, if you're really in love with somebody, it's not easy. Like, it's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. But that is what, what's worth it in the end. And, like, if you treat it as if it is easy, then you're going to get heartbroken. So I thought, like, I wanted to ask you, first of all, like, what are your – what do you think of that? What, what do you think of the whole, like, <laughs> is love supposed to be easy or is it supposed to be a little bit of a challenge? I think that the more challenges there are, the stronger the bond is, mm-hmm. for sure. I think that the harder you have to work, the more invested you are. Because I think when it comes easy at first, there's sort of the sense of like, you know, it's there. You know what? You know, you can like it's an opportunity. You know, why not go for it if both people are interested? But if you have to kind of work for it, then like it takes a higher level of love or attraction i guess if you're willing to put that work in then if it if you just kind of stumble upon it easily but that isn't to say that something that happens easily won't work out in the long run yeah i just think that there's more work that has to be involved later on if you start out easy and then vice versa if you have to put work in earlier yeah i feel like there for a long time the the narrative that's kind of been pushed is that it, when you really love somebody that like it's super easy and you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right. as I've gotten older, it's like that seems somewhat problematic. Cause that's not how any relationship works. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, if it's, if there's not some sort like you, like, I feel like if you're not openly communicating with somebody or like, if you don't really care about them, you're not going to care about anything that they do right i found this recently with like people like criticizing anything really whether it's like a person or like even in the grand scope of things like the country that we live in like if you if you criticize it you're like anti it like you don't like it Mm -hmm. but i feel the complete opposite that it's like if you really love somebody or something like you should criticize it because you really care about it being the best that it can be and so if it like if it's in a relationship, like having that open dialogue where it's like you're not criticizing them, but it's like, hey, I see this thing that you're doing, I don't vibe with it, or I think that like it's not helping you or whatnot, and then vice versa, that somebody can kind of come to you and say the same thing may create conflict, but that's the work that I feel like is necessary that just goes beyond the first step of like, oh, it's really easy, I really like this person. Yeah, I think that it's when when things start off a little too easy, there's a very quick, intense honeymoon period, mm-hmm. honeymoon phase. But I think that there's a much more dramatic exit from the honeymoon phase that is like a lot more testing of a relationship than it would be if you didn't start out that way. Like you don't have experience going through adversity with the other person yet. Like you haven't had to put any work into it. All you've had is just things go well. Right. So when so when things start to not go well, rather than being able to just kind of 
take a step back and say, oh, it's just another bump in the road. Mm-hmm. It is the first bump. And so <laughs> it's, it's only like, bump thus it's far. the only bump you've experienced so far, which can, you know, can derail the relationship if it doesn't work, if you guys, if they don't, if, if, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, try again. It can disrupt the relationship if the two people haven't had experience working together through those types of things yet. And I think that's why there's a lot of merit and a lot to be said for having to work for love. Yeah, I don't think I think working for love is a better thing cuz like if you really if you really love somebody and you want to be with them for a long time, like you're both going to go through lots and lots of changes. So if you just expect Definitely. it to be like the same dynamic in the relationship forever, it's never going to work. Cuz I'm kind of obsessed with the honeymoon phase, like like fascinated by it because I've realistically like only really been in it which is kind of just like lust like it's not it's not the absence of love but it's not really like deep love yet it's just kind of like initial attraction plus probably something a little bit more and as far as like actual romantic relationships i've never gotten past the honeymoon phase because it's like and the honeymoon phase is like so great for a long time i was kind of like why why is this not what it is forever this would suck (laughs) if it's not this and then there was one person who we were never really in like an actual like long-term romantic relationship and i remember like one i distinctly remember one moment of us like driving in the car not really saying anything but i felt like completely comfortable and i was like Mm -hmm. this is it i was like this is the (laughs) thing that they're talking about that's not the honeymoon phase but it's like a deep love that is so much better. <laughs> yeah. And so it wasn't like, didn't, it's not like it lasted like for a long-term relationship, but it's like once I kind of felt that being like, com- cause even in the honeymoon phase, like you're not always completely comfortable yet. You're kind of c- trying to impress them or figure out their the deal. Like yeah. It's exciting. But that like one moment where you, where I like felt completely comfortable and like didn't have to, say or do anything or like do anything different than i would like think to do i was like yep i got it now i get it now yep and that's the kind of love that i think i really appreciate that both is the sentiment of love is easy and love is hard which i think are not necessarily contradictory i wonder too if because you know movies that i saw when i was much younger to me always glorified the honeymoon phase like they were like this is Totally. What love is about. This is this is what everyone is striving for. This is what everyone wants. And I don't know if just I wasn't paying attention to it or if these movies actively didn't really address it. But I feel like most of what I saw in pop culture about love always focuses on the honeymoon phase. There's very little emphasis or praise given to that point where you can just do the mundane things with your partner. And that's yeah. the best part. Like maybe you're driving somewhere or you're cooking in the kitchen together. And like, that's the best part. It's just being with them. But in music, oftentimes and movies, it's always a honeymoon phase. That's the emphasis. Like when, when the, when the people first meet, when there's that first initial spark. And I think there's a lot to be said that that is a, that is a fun part. I think everyone likes being in that phase. I totally. Mean, it's it's like phase for a reason, but like, that's not the end goal because everyone leaves that phase eventually. Yeah. Those expectations are like pretty crucial. I think they yeah. definitely had a huge part in like, Oh, you know, relationships I've had where it's like when I was younger, you get out of that honeymoon phase and you're like, Oh, this isn't working then. 
It's like, no, (laughs) you know, it's not going to last forever. You have to work through that kind of stuff. But, you know, back then it was just, that's all I thought it was about. And I thought it was going to be that for the long run. And I think once you get past the honeymoon phase, if it's not working, that's when you realize it's like, oh, it wasn't really that, that deep. Like that, I mean, that's been, I think like some of my more recent relationships is like the honeymoon phase was great. It was super fun. I really liked the person. And then we kind of got to the more steady part. And I was like, okay, this is not, I'm not as comfortable as I feel like I should be, or it's not. Because ultimately you're kind of just looking for like a really long-term friend. Because if you think about like the friends that you're really close with, that's all it is. Like you don't have to feel pressure to do anything in particular or like, I mean, there'll be, there'll be times where we're on discord. That's like, we don't say anything for like 20 minutes. (laughs) We're just Um, (laughs) Dude, last night I think was like that. Like we were just waiting for the game to load. We were just kind of sitting there like it's just like completely comfortable, but like, that's the kind of like deeper, not necessarily lustfully driven, which isn't a negative because there's that aspect will hopefully always be there too, but it's not dominating or not like the only factor. So these, these two songs are very good examples of it. Love is not easy. I think is one of my favorite ones because it seems a lot more on the surface. It seems a lot more depressing, but like looking into it, I think it's a lot deeper, a lot more optimistic, I guess. Cause I mean, we, we, your question kind of touched on this and this may be a bit deep. We'll see, we'll see where this conversation goes, but Easy. I feel like in this kind of episode, we gotta, we gotta talk about it at least once and, and let the public know what our thoughts are. But do you believe in that idea of like true love? Oh, like the idea Ooh. of like, you just see somebody and like both ways, there's just this kind of like click and they're and both like, it's like, yes, like we were meant for each other. Um, kind of. I definitely believe in whether it's love or not. I believe in like connection. Like there are certain people who really work well together that a fa- like upon initial, like don't even have to work at it initially. Like that's not to say that mm-hmm. the, the relationships where you do work at it initially that then become really comfortable are weaker than those that like are easily connected. But there have definitely been people in my life that like first time we meet like talk for hours and it's like super easy and stay that way for forever so i think that connection is definitely something that i believe in i don't really think love at first sight exists i think you can be attracted to somebody and then that person becomes the long-term person that you're into but i don't Mm. necessarily think that that's love at first sight because i think that like love is something that grows and you have to somewhat work for yeah it has to be cultivated and I also don't believe in the in the notion that like there's one person for you, like a soulmate. Mm-hmm. I don't think I discredit the idea of a soulmate because I think it's really like a really nice sentiment. Um, and I think once you've been with somebody for so long and you've grown with them, like you've kind of become their soulmate because like you've grown together. So you're the best version of yourself with that person and vice versa. But I don't think there's somebody that's like made for you because then if you like don't connect with that person it's like it's it's over (laughs) um so i don't believe in a soulmate i don't believe in love at first sight but i do believe in like an initial connection that can then blossom into that for sure Mm -hmm. there's a um there's this ancient greek idea where like humans used to be like a man and or just two people combined like Mm -hmm. it was two people connected to hips i think um, but they were too powerful as like mortal beings. So the gods, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Zeus, split them up. Okay. So like instead of instead of human beings being two in one, it's just everyone is on their own now. Right. And so it's this idea that 
I don't remember if it's a justification for our purpose on earth. I don't think it's quite that deep, but it's every mortal's responsibility to find your other half after you've been split essentially. And so it's this idea that there is someone out there who will fit you perfectly like a puzzle piece, you know, and I don't, I don't fully agree with that. Like you said, I think that there is always going to be more than one person Mm -hmm. out there for you. But I do kind of like that. I like that imagery of being like, you know, you're, it's like a puzzle piece. You're a puzzle piece. And you're trying to find like that other half that fits perfectly. Um, And I've always thought that is a, a nice, nice imagery. I do too. I don't fully agree with the the sentiment. I do think that's a, a, a nice idea. I also don't think that like not believing in soulmates negates that because I do think that like you that that's something that can happen. Like I just don't think it's something that happens like right away. Like I do think that there's mm-hmm. the idea of like like if that if the terminology that somebody wants to use is soulmate, like I totally believe in that that it's like you've met somebody and then become something like even greater than yourself through being with them. Um but right. I don't think it's something that like the first time you meet them you're like this is the perfect person for me because i just don't (laughs) think that you can know that and part of the work of a relationship is like you both clearly have come from different backgrounds like from different places Mm -hmm. have have like learned different things and so part of learning to be with each other is like seeing how those puzzle pieces do fit together and then the ones that don't fit together like seeing how you can kind of like make them fit together if you do really care about the person um, yeah. So in that sense, I would say I believe in soulmates, just not like the initial like love at first sight soulmate thing. Because I think yeah, that's, that's kind of look all it. just lust, ultimately. Not all lust, but like initial attraction, maybe. But speaking of Greek mythology, Ooh. here's my awful segue for the day. Dude, that was a pretty good segue. If you hadn't said <laughs> awful segue, I feel like that would have been pretty good. <laughs> Scratch that. Speaking of Greek mythology, <laughs> <laughs> um, my next song, it's not a song that i listen to all that much um in fact i'm pretty sure i rediscovered it because it appeared in a tiktok i saw recently oh my god but it is a really nice song it's very sweet um and it it's called i'm just gonna get straight into it you know we'll talk about it after the song is called ophelia by the Luminous. oh yay okay yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, when i was young i, I should have known Bro, did I get the names mixed up? Hold on. I need to double check. Is it a different song? <laughs> well, the song is correct, but I think Ophelia is not who I think she is. Ophelia, I I think, is from Hamlet. Right? Oh, who am I thinking? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Thinking it definitely of, is. You're thinking of Orpheus and Eurydice, I think. F- <laughs> <laughs> Bro, why did I think Ophelia was her name? Because it's similar. I, Orpheus, Ophelia, I think it's pretty close. Let's talk about <laughs> Orpheus. First, Ophelia. I look up, <laughs> I look up Ophelia Greek mythology, and the first result is there is no Ophelia. In Greek <laughs> <mythology>. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry for being wrong. I guess I don't know my mythology as well as I thought I did. But this song, despite Ophelia not actually being in Greek mythology, <laughs> obviously her name is just, I'm fairly certain it's the feminine version of Orpheus, who... Let's just talk about Orpheus. That's more interesting. In a tragic love story. But it's a love story that I I do enjoy. I think of most of the tragedies, it's one of the, the love stories I enjoy the most. Um, yeah. And just like... It's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching, but it also is 
kind of cute if that makes sense oh totally like, the whole deal is like orpheus isn't allowed to turn around and look at his wife coming out of the underworld um spoiler alert he can't resist her <laughs> and turns around and in the story they say it's because orpheus doesn't trust hades and wants to make sure that he's not just getting duped out of the underworld uh-huh but i think it's a little bit more than that like i like to think of it more so along the lines of like he's just He's seeing his wife for the first time. Oh, and yeah. Forget how long it is. Like the idea of like temptation and not being able to resist somebody. Like having feelings that strong towards a person that you can't even not look at them for right. like a few more minutes. Like that's crazy to me. Like that's like as wholesome true love as it can get when all you have to do is just not look at her for like a few minutes when you walk out up, up the staircase and he's like, can't do it. Dude, and he waits till like the last second. The last second, too. Yep. Idiot. Orpheus is the mega simp. <laughs> <laughs> it's MVP simp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I, it's funny because I think a lot of the like, when you talk about love or like any grand emotion, but like love for sure, honestly, like the most, all of these sentiments that are in songs that we're listening to now have existed forever. Like, Oh yeah. Nobody is really saying like the core of what everybody's saying is the same. Like nobody's saying anything unique at the at the core of it. Like the way you say it, the way you express it is unique. Maybe some of the like more more complex like social dynamics of things obviously from like now since like Greek <laughs> mythology. But it's really like such a strong emotion that it just has it's the same thing for forever. Like oh, yeah. that has not changed. It's existed as long as there have been people on the earth for sure. It's just been a do you think that idea. is a do you think do you think cavemen fell in love, dude? I I hope so. You know, like why not? Like why can't Uga Booga have a nice wife <laughs> or a husband? I would love that. And I think you know, obviously, this is you know kind of kind of putting a a lid on things. But like scientifically, it it exists as like a chemical process. Well, right, you know, sure. Want to boil it down, which at first kind of takes the the sting out of it because you're like well that's boring if it's just but at the same time it gives me hope that you know maybe freddie flintstone was in love with his wife yeah. you know if, it, if it's something as simple as a scientific uh, reaction if you will in our brains then surely it's been around forever and probably has existed in other animals too you know like i love the idea that our dogs really do love us that's yeah. something i really hope oh, for and yeah if anything that is reinforced by the idea that love is quote-unquote simply a chemical reaction is that why is it why it wouldn't just be limited to humans we think of love as this complex set of emotions but at the end of the day if it's just a bunch of molecules anything can have it yeah because also like that's that's a nice sentiment to have all of us are just like everything is just like a chemical reaction like if you think about it exactly it's like it's whether you're willing to to romanticize it or not um i know i kind of like touched on it last time but i was wondering what you what are you because i think this kind of ties into the like the extent of what those chemical reactions are to Mm. you what do you think the difference between lust and love is because that's why i brought up the whole cavemen thing so i'm like oh was that just lust for for procreation sake but what do you think the difference is for you oh man i think without getting too graphic (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just i'm trying to figure out the right way to word it because I think with love, you're willing 
to put yourself at more risk. Like, okay, for example, the things you would do, like you would go to so many lengths, as embarrassing as they are, for someone you're like actually in love with. But with lust, it's just kind of like there's a there's kind of a cap with how much effort you put into it. You know, unless you're uh-huh. like Barney from How I Met Your Mother, you have a much <laughs> higher cap than most of us. Eek. But for the most part, I think people are willing. When it's just lust, you're kind of like, you know, oh, I hope this happens, or maybe I'll go talk to them, maybe I'll I'll try to get their number, you know, something like that. I think with love, there's a lot more invested long-term interest. I like the risk um, aspect of it because I think love is like all about sacrifice. Like that was my, me and my dad were when we watched the Before trilogy. I'm not gonna like spoil anything, um, but the third movie, they're in their 40s, and for whatever reason there seems to be this like idea that a realistic love on film is like pessimistic or negative Mm -hmm. because i think that like that is equated with the hard work aspect of it which i like completely don't agree with and so the the couple in the in the before series so before midnight in that movie in particular like the first two movies the first one for sure but the first two um are like pretty optimistic and pretty like existential and maybe to some naive and then Mm -hmm. the third one is like hailed as the like real like the most realistic one and it's the most pessimistic one and it kind of got under both me and my dad's skin because like neither of the characters sacrifice anything they're both very selfish and so it might be realistic in the sense that like there are fights and it's hard work but i don't think that a realistic love has to be like a sad love or or difficult without without um what's the word difficult without any like payoffs like it should be work but the work comes from hopefully being internal as much as external and like willing to sacrifice things because you care about that person like if both of you are selfish like of course it's gonna be it's gonna suck um and that might be just a the initial attraction but if the fights happen because there was some either philosopher or anthropologist or something that was like conflict and arguments can actually create deeper intimacy because that's when you're kind of at your most vulnerable and you're saying things that you wouldn't say when you were filtered and you're just like expressing the deepest parts of yourself. So even though it's like a fight is big and you might be antagonizing the other person, like when you can both settle down and like get past that, you can then become closer because you've really expressed the inner workings of everything that you've wanted to say before which I think is really, which is really sweet. I think a major distinction between love and lust as well is the ability to recover from adversity. Oh, sure. And the, the, the ability to, and this ties in with like sacrifice as well, but the, the ability to, to be selfless in times. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not always going to get your way. There's going to have to be a give and take throughout the whole thing. And I think for lust, it's very easy to just be stubborn about it Mm -hmm. you know that's very much what you want it's very much it's pure it's just desire based but i think with love there's a very large element of you know what my feelings for the other person outweigh my desire for this so i'm willing to be selfless or i'm willing to make sacrifices and the ability to overcome those kinds of arguments is part of that you know there will always be arguments in even the most perfect of relationships that's Mm -hmm. just how we are as people and I think the people that come out of those arguments, you know, days later still being like, nah, I hate that. I hate that person. You know, mm-hmm. they're wrong. I'm right. 
are the ones who aren't in, as, in love as much. I mean, putting it simply, I think the people who can come out of it and be like, yes, maybe it was a, a big fight, maybe the biggest fight they've had, but the ability to come out of it and still recognize, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's going to take, it might take some work and time to get past it, but the willingness to get past it is the sign of love and not just lust, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I find it funny that like people say, why is being, why is being in a family or, or friendship easier than like a romantic relationship? And I think it just has to do with that, like trust conflict aspect, because like the social contract of a friendship or a family thing is that like most of the time you're going to stay with them forever unless you slowly drift apart. Mm -hmm. And because there's that like idea of longevity, you can be mad at them for four or five days, not talk to them. And then the, the assumption isn't that like, Oh, they hate me for good. We're done. Whereas like if a romantic relationship is ultimately kind of built on lust and that foundation isn't built in like loving and, and trust, then when the, the first sign of conflict, the assumption isn't longevity. The assumption is we're done. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if, if it's exactly. built in love, then you can be reasonably mad at the person because you love them and then come out of it. And saying, hey, I need two days to process this isn't going to be like, oh, crap, we're, we're finished. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like built on different foundations. Big facts. Call us the love doctors. We have the answers to everything. <laughs> Call, <love>. Please <laughs> get therapy. We are not registered <laughs> or qualified for anything. So this, so the next one that I'll do, I won't start a discussion off of it because I just think it's, I just don't really have any topics with it. And I feel like we've talked about it a lot. And I just really like this love song, so I want to share it. Um, this it. is one of my favorites. It's really cute. Um, it's called Coffee by Miguel. So that's Coffee. I just think it's a, a cute, well-written song about the... I think it, like is a nice metaphor of what we've been talking about this whole time of like, it's both an evolution of like what the night is. So it's like talking and then sex and then pillow talk and then sleeping and then waking up the next morning. But then in terms of like a long-term relationship, it's like start not knowing the person, then it's kind of lust in the honeymoon phase. And then it becomes a, a deeper sense of connection. And then the whole like waking up coffee in the morning. I think that's really cute that, uh, mm -hmm. They stayed over both in in the long term sense and in like the short term of, of the night. So I think it's a nice metaphor for like the whole episode uh, as much as it is a, a literal scenario that probably played out in in his life or just anybody else's life. So this is one of my favorite love songs. I think it's very cute. And it's very bright. And happy. I like that. Shout out to love. Shout out to love. All my homies hate lust. We're friends with love now. <laughs> <laughs> this post was made by love gang <laughs> <laughs> but that's the episode so next week is the final episode before we kind of hit a motel before, we, before we go to bed it's a halfway point and we did sort of the like sad and now we're easing back out of it to make sure that we're like good before bed so these are the happy upbeat love songs and then to end the night because it's like right before bed kind of a goofy hours you might say Ooh. my 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 theme is guilty pleasures. 
So oh, hell yeah. The songs that I know I've said on the podcast before that I don't really have any guilty pleasures, but socially I definitely do. So pick the songs that other people might find goofy or don't like as much um, that you that you maybe should feel guilty about whether whether you do or not. But that's next week's theme. Yes, sir. Sounds like a plan. This was good. I think this uh, this definitely brightened my day a little bit. It's been a yeah, that's what been we're a here for. Rough week. It's a little bit hard, um, but that's what. That's what we're here for. That's what friends are for, and that's what love is for. What love is for. And on that note, we love our listeners. We love our listeners. But thank you for listening. We don't have a send-off anymore. We we will come up with a send-off. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. uh, Push the bell for notifications, new videos every week. Good night.